This is a talk on the topic of fallen oaks by Dr. Sabrin de Swart. This is the second part. If you have not listened to the first episode yet, I strongly recommend that you stop this episode and first go to the first part. Then please proceed to this one. Please enjoy. Into the storm. The second point is the Savior is a perfect Savior with a perfect knowledge. Again, here we see something about the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 47. When, he, when it was evening and the boat was in the middle of the sea and he was alone on the land, seeing them straining at the oars, verse 48, for the wind was against them at about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and he intended to pass them by. Verse 48, if you look at what the text is saying, they were about nine kilometers away from where Christ was. They were straining against the oars. They traveled through the night into the storm. So nine kilometers on a dark night. Can you see that far? Well, we know it's not. You can't. It's in the middle of a storm. But But do you see the beginning, the first two words of verse 48? Seeing them. What are we? What do we learn? This is not normal seeing. This is divine seeing. Jesus sees divinely where we are when we feel separated from Him and from everyone else when we've been blown off course. What a wonderful thought that is to come to a believer who is overwhelmed and in, tempted to give up. That Jesus doesn't see with human eyes. The point here is that he is seeing with divine eyes. He knows our thoughts. He knows our anxiety. And what a beautiful hope-giving verse this is. Seeing them. What do we do when we are, when we have fallen into despair? We think God doesn't see us. He is a hope-giving verse. Seeing them straining at the oars. It's, uh, he's got perfect knowledge. He knows where they are. He knows the storm has blown them. Of course, it's pitch black. There's darkness. And seeing them. It's a wonderful, already here, I, you know, one can start asking the counselor, let's give thanks to God that he sees us even when, when we don't think anyone is noticing us. This is supernatural seeing. And what is he seeing? Straining against the oars, meaning that they were fighting against the oars. They were literally fighting the sea, fighting the storm to survive. The wind was against them and Jesus sees all of this. If we think in terms of application for Christians who have fallen into despair, there is never a situation in life that is beyond the all-seeing eyes of the Lord. When he says, I will never leave or forsake you, he really means that. He sees and he knows and especially in our most difficult situations our Lord who is seated in glory at the right hand of God is interceding 
advocating for us. Let's learn something more about this perfect Savior. Not only does he have perfect knowledge and perfect wisdom, but look there at the second part of verse 48. He has the right timing. Now, timing is very important when the oaks have fallen. Because you say, when are you coming through for me? You know, it's so funny on Facebook when, when people post, God has come through for me, as if he was like, you know, it's just weird how people describe it. It's as if he has all of a sudden noticed them. He's noticed them all along. Verse 48, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them at about the fourth hour, he came to them at the perfect time. When was the perfect time? At the fourth night, or the fourth watch of the night? We're talking here about four o'clock in the morning. It's the darkest time of the night. This is when the night is at its darkest, that Jesus chose to come. It's a while before dawn. It is they in the middle of the ocean, or the Sea of Galilee. They've been there for about nine hours. Tired and disorientated. He came to them. Here's some good theology. Jesus comes to us very often in the darkest hour. Jesus waited until the storm is most severe. Jesus waits for the perfect moment. God does not work according to our agenda or our time, but according to His will. There are times in our lives when God intentionally delays for our greater good greater good in our lives often happens in ministry we want the takeaway the instantaneous can I please have a double whopper and get it and there I go we are so used to it but we have to remember the timetable of the Lord we have to submit ourselves to God. The perfect wisdom of God. His timing is always perfect. And it was at this point that Jesus drew near. He waited when the night was the darkest. The wind was its strongest. When the wave was the highest. And the disciples were at their weakest. Perfect wisdom. Perfect wisdom. That was Jesus' timing. Now this can give a lot of hope because you immediately know that God is, that the Lord is seeing this. He is experiencing it with us. Now here's a, a few statements we can make and draw from this. There is no one too weak to be saved by Christ. But there are some, however, who are too strong to be saved by Christ. Admitting to our weakness and not going at things in our own strength, very often we have to learn this lesson. 
there are some who are too strong just think of the whole act of salvation when the Lord calls us and he works in us when are we saved it's when we become totally overwhelmed with I'm a sinner I'm desperately I'm separated from God we are convicted of that and the timing and the way God uses that is at that timing when we get convinced of the Lord Jesus Christ being my sin bearer it kind of follows this incredible weakness we are lifted out of of the darkness he does not come to those who are too strong he delays until they are weak and at the end of their strength at the end of their energy that is when he comes walking to us on the water so we have a few things that we've learned about the perfect savior here that we can use to encourage ourselves and to encourage others. He's the, he has perfect wisdom. He knows when to get us out of a situation. That's not good for us. Perfect timing. He knows when, when we've come to the end of ourselves. And then look at the perfect power of God in our afflictions. Look at verse 48. The last bit of the verse says, He came to them walking on the sea, and he intended to pass them by. This is quite dramatic, isn't it? He's quite triumphant. This displays his sovereignty and his power over nature. Jesus didn't swim to them. So, I'm on the same level as you are. He didn't row to them. I'm in the same boat that you are. He didn't come needing assistance. Let's put effort together and get you out of this situation. No, Jesus came walking on the water. What went over their head was under his feet. This is an incredible picture of where Christ is. Jesus came as the only Savior and he, he made the point to them and this is the point that we need to hear that what is about to go over our head or what have crushed us is under his feet he makes progress he's moving steadily he moves from wave to wave he's unhampered and unhindered and here is the all-powerful Christ no storm can overcome him you must know that even though he's the, the designer of the storm in which we are overcome, he's the only one that can come to our rescue. Uh, rescue. He's our savior. The situation, the situations are under his control. Here is the Lord and Master walking to his disciples. The waves that threaten us becomes the stepping stones. So. It's also with us that we can remind ourselves of that. Can we say, Jesus is in the storm. Can we say, as the storm is heading towards us, Jesus is in the storm heading towards us. He's not separated from it. Here is your Lord and Master walking to his disciples. He draws near to us in the midst of the storm. 
He is in the most difficult situation with us. Perfect timing. There's no barrier that can keep Jesus from coming to us. Walking towards us. Almost a fulfillment of Psalm 8 verse 6. You made him to rule over the works of his hands. You have put all things under his feet. And the disciples would have known the Psalms because they sang it. Just a beautiful, all of scripture just pointing towards the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we see here. And that's what we have to learn in the midst of our storms. We have to learn that the storms are stronger than us. Very important lesson. But Jesus, those storms are always under his feet. Which brings us to the fifth thing that we can help people with. As he comes walking upon the waves, he comes and he speaks peace. He, fifthly, he is the savior that brings perfect peace. How do we pray in our prayer meetings? What do we hear very often when someone is sick or they have financial problems? Uh, how, uh, what have you he- heard? How do we pray? Heal them. Give them money. Do we ever pray, Lord, use this situation so that they may experience your peace in the bits of it? We, um, we are to learn to pray according to this. And um, here he comes to give perfect peace to us. And these are hard words to hear when we are fallen acts. Look at verse 48. As he comes to them, he intend to pass them by. Jesus is intending to give the appearance that he is passing by so that there might be a bigger desperation so that there might be a greater call from their hearts and their soul so that they may come completely to the end of themselves and so he often gives the appearance that he is passing by to create a last note of panic. But just remember, he's not doing this out of facetiousness. He's not doing, I want to show you. No, he knows our hearts. His, his appearance is measured with our need so that we may reach out to him completely. It appears as if to test their faith he intended to pass them by but to create a greater capacity. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul speaks about this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And um, this is something that's common to man and that we can learn from Paul. Verse 16, Paul is writing, Therefore we do not lose heart. 
But there are outer manners decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Look at verse 17. For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. What is he saying about, he's calling his shipwreck and beatings and all of that stuff that we will never survive. He calls that light affliction. Light affliction produces something. What is it producing according to the text? For us an eternal weight of glory. How can we understand that? If you are in the desert and you're really thirsty, you, you would say, I can drink a two liter Coke right here, one shot. And then you start drinking and uh, you kind of get halfway, okay? But here's the point. Our sufferings create a greater capacity within us. So when the release comes, or the relief, or when Jesus comes, and when God comes to relieve us of it, the enjoyment of it is so much greater. So our suffering is never wasted. It is creating this greater capacity, this greater capacity to, 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 to really experience the, the salvation in a far deeper way. Look at verse 49. Remember, he's coming to them. He's, he, this is all the work of peace. When they saw him, they didn't know he, who he was. What does it say in the text? It appears as if he was a ghost. We're talking about Christians. That sometimes the Lord comes and he, he comes in a way that we don't expect. It's like in our difficulties we sit, imagine you're sitting in the church and you're looking at the front door of the church for him to come through there to redeem you. You're expecting him to come through there. But he comes through the back door. And very often the way the Lord does that is just to show us that he will bring his peace in the way that he wants it to bring. So they saw him and he appeared like a ghost, like a phantom. And they cried out. They screamed. In the storm was bad. It was dark. Everything was overwhelming. And um, they've lost all hope. They screamed. And what's the very next word? Immediately. I mean, this is the climax of their despair. And immediately he spoke to them. He's not terrifying them. But he wants to deliver them. Look at the three things. And this is really the highlight of any counseling that we're going to do. Here we come to the absolute core. Take courage. It's I. Do not be afraid. So in the midst of the storm, there are two imperatives given. One is to be courageous. The other one is not to be afraid. We can say that's the imperative, but what is the indicative? It's me. It's I. It's, it's, I am the one who is, who is here with you. 
And of course, all our counseling needs to be Christ-centered. It needs to be God-centered. It needs to be focused on who God is. And when he says, this, it is I, he is saying, it's me, God, with us. God Emmanuel, I am, I am here with you in the midst of the storm, in the most difficult situation. Do not be afraid. I will not leave or forsake you. This is perfect peace. Where are they? They're in the midst of the storm. The best place to be is to be wherever God is. And sometimes it's in the midst of the storm. So we, are, we have some friends leaving South Africa kind of going to look for best, better pastures. Peaceful pastures. But the truth of the matter is the safest place to be is where God wants us to be and where God is. Jesus said to his disciples once, Peace I leave with you. I'm going to depart, but I give you my peace. Not as the world gives it. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do you hear these words today? Jesus is the peace giver, the peace giver to Christians who have a misplaced ambition. We think that would be our success, but the actual success is being in the storm with, with God, with Christ. Don't let your heart be troubled. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, The steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Where should our mind be in the midst of the storm? Trusting Him. Trusting the Lord forever. The covenant keeping God. For in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock that cannot be shaken. Very often our ambition robs us of this perfect peace. We want to be over there but God wants us over there. Which brings us to the final aspect Look at verse 51. It says there in Mark 6 verse 51 that he got up into the boat. That is what the original says. Here the boat is really at an angle. If he had to get up to get into the boat, it means that this, this boat was probably, reading a bit into the text there, probably on the crest of this wave, um, the boat must probably have been filled with water. This indicating how fierce the wind was. It is raised up. And the Lord himself has to step up to get into the boat. It was at such an angle that the Lord had to step up into the boat. There is no more secure place to be in the world with Christ in the boat with you in the midst of the storm. Note what happens. His presence brought the wind to stop. Just the presence of the Lord. 
that is a again a fulfillment of what we read about in Psalm 107 and I love reading the Gospels and very often there's these references uh, to, to some of the Psalms Psalm 107 verse 28 what it says verse 28 then they cried to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distress he caused the storm to be still so that the waves of the sea were hushed isn't it a wonderful way in which the Psalms speak about Christ and what he would do meditation upon Christ fallen oaks need to learn some good theology I call this the theology of storms and we need to understand that that God is ultimately the one who is in control let's come to the Lord in prayer let's pray Father we thank you for this narrative that we can use this to encourage your people in good doctrine uh, this narrative is kind of takes us along into the storm we experience it we recognize the despair how often we are there uh, how wonderful it is that your word can speak to us in such a manner that it will teach us. Thank you for the Psalms. And we think of Jesus who said in Luke 24, I would say how the law and the prophets and the Psalms speaks about me. And how the disciples would have recognized that. Help us, Lord, to be comforted by these truths and help us to comfort others who find themselves in the midst of distress and despair. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Resolve Podcast, the podcasting ministry of Strengthening Ministries Training Institute.